Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. I had to think about it for a second. But it is Thursday. It's Thursday, June the 4th, 2020. The longest decade of anyone's life, uh, life even, possibly forever. Uh, it's another Technical Alpha podcast. We've got another great show lined up for you uh, today. Uh... Not to say that you should be looking away from the events of the world right now, but maybe you just need a brief reprieve before going back to it. And hopefully we can provide a little bit of that here today. Um, despite a bit of a drought in, uh, in, in, uh, you know, in news, don't put it past us. We're capable of dragging this bad boy out into a full-length podcast. Mr. Max, uh, Maximus Black, I can't speak English today. Mr. Maximus Black. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Same old same. Got purple hair, so that happened. I saw that. I saw that looking uh looking very good. You got that little bit of Joe Exotic going on upstairs today. Well, got a little Joe Exotic going, so we got that going for us. Um same old shit, man. Another week. Another week has gone by. We're in June already. Next thing you know it, we're gonna be saying where did summer go? And, uh, Hey, maybe if we're lucky, but for, but for better reasons, it'll be like March where it felt like six months crammed into one month, but it, hopefully for a better re like a good reason. March was obviously not the greatest reason as to why I felt so long, but if we could maybe, you know, drag this one out, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against it. We've got some beautiful weather here today. Holy shit. It's nice. I know. We're getting, know. we're getting like, we're getting July weather in the end of May, early June, which is really weird. Uh, but I'm not going to complain. I'm, I'm actually just not going to complain. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be sunny for, uh, I think it's supposed to rain on Saturday, but then it's like sun for another five days. Yes. Am I, I guess my, the concern then becomes fire, <laughs> which we've you know already had take, some. I'll take some fire. You know what I mean? If that's, I'll take we some can't fire. afford fire right now. You know what? Hey, I just want some nice weather. We need that's something. true. That's true. Something to something to to keep us going. Um, we didn't have anything. We didn't even talk uh, ahead of time about this. But obviously, if uh, you know from uh, from from us here, because uh, we would share the same sentiments, I'm sure. Um, God fucking speed to everyone in the U.S. right now who has been doing whatever they can personally manage, uh, in regards to, um, fighting through what feels like an incredibly, like a, a, a directional shift in the, in the U.S., if you, uh, I, I guess what it feels like. You know, we've had some minor... Uh, some minor protesting in, in comparison to this in recent years over similar subjects, but this is on a different level and it feels like maybe, 
Uh, if the, the momentum keeps going, you know, things will change. But it's ugly as fuck out there. Uh, unnecessarily ugly as fuck out there. And if you are going to be participating in... Uh, any of the, of the, uh, of the protesting, then, you know, fucking be safe and know what you're up against. Cause not, uh, you're going to get shot, you know, shot for saying this, obviously not all cops. Cause there are some that are walking with the protesters, but you know what I mean when I say there are a lot of cops that aren't going to fuck your shit up if you're out there, but there are arguably as many or more right now who are looking for a reason. And so, you know, take take uh, that carefully but uh, fight the good fight um what a crazy fucking couple of weeks do we have anything to say i haven't even thought about this before going to this podcast but no like- because because i try and not talk about this stuff because it's we hear it everywhere so like you know there's not much more i could i mean you could rant about it for hours I'm not talking about ranting. I'm just like, I'm not talking about like getting into the specifics of it, but just, you know. I mean, I think, I think you just nailed it. Yeah. Be safe. Yeah. Know what you're up against and Godspeed. That's pretty much it. I mean, we hear about it everywhere. I don't mention any of this shit on stream because people are trying to find an escape from the madness. And if they want to hear about it, you can literally go anywhere on social media or anybody's house right now and have a conversation. Doesn't mean I'm not trying to have a conversation. It's just at this point, you know, there's there's nothing for me to add. I, I want to it, give it's just it is what it is. I want to give a shout out to to John Baega who is who is literally in the middle of it all right now. Um lots of celebrities and stuff going out and 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 putting their piece on uh on social media, but that dude said, fuck it. I'm actually just going to go out there (laughs) and do it myself. And so that was, uh, that was particularly impressive to see, but yeah, regardless fucking bonkers out there, uh, be, be fucking safe. Uh, you know, fight, fight for what you, what you believe in, but be safe as you can possibly be in doing so. And don't fucking loot. Don't be an asshole. That's no, that's the only thing stuff. is don't loot and take a this because you, you're not sending the right message and that's what they want you to do. They want you to fuck up so they can undermine it all. Yeah. And, you know, you, you people people want to fuck up this. You, you fuck this up under a Black Lives Matter movement. It's going to be another reason for people to put Trump back in office and, you know, come November. Yeah. So, you know, be fucking smart. Be smart. You have to direct your anger in the right places. Fight back with your voting. Fight back, you know, uh, with your voice. Don't be fucking burning shit down because you're, 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 you're literally, it's not, it's not what you do. It's not. I I think, I think what you said there too, and a a tweet that I made the other day, um, the most important thing I think, because a lot of the people out there are, are young people, right? They're the ones fired up as fuck. That's incredible. And the most important thing that I could say above all and this doesn't just go for the states it's the same in canada because we have the same problem Mm -hmm. here straight across the board straight across the board is take this energy into voting season and actually go vote don't don't succumb to voter apathy because obviously situations like this make you feel like voting apathy is is going to be even more of a thing where people feel it doesn't matter who they vote for this shit's going to continue but carry that in 
and and actually vote because the turnout in Canada as well for young people is fucking awful. awful. Yeah. And so it's great to be able to get out there and and do this stuff and really start inciting change, but do that at the polls as well. Carry that energy forward for God's sake. But let's talk about some video games, Jeff. Let's do that. Because my week was basically just the website. Same shit, different <laughs> different week. <laughs> just getting everything going. It's just the way that it, you know, nothing exciting. Just uh, just staying in and, and, and doing that. Oh, I got my next review. We're, we're two whole reviews deep. You know, I, between, watched, uh, I watched Ion Fury. Um, Ion Fury. I watched the review. It was good. Dude, that game is pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. I was actually... Uh, I didn't really watch. I listened to it. I was yeah, uh, yeah. driving... I was driving uh, from uh, from the rental and uh, saw your tweet, and I'm like, "All right, I'll listen to it. I listen to the audio." Uh, it's yeah, good. yeah. It's it's um, if you've not seen video of the game, it's pretty fucking dope. Yeah, I watched you play it on stream a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's lurking. it's definitely a game that if if you were like a fan back in the day of like Duke 3D and and Die Katana and like all the games that happened in the build engine, um, mm. or very Doom like Doomy type games uh they really took that engine and just fucking milked it for all it's fucking worth uh and yeah fire and soundtracks fire too for sure so definitely go check that out um let's talk about some gaming news we don't have a lot but we have some we have relatively meaty stuff that we can talk about anyway we'll make it work all right uh, all right. First thing up on the list, um, and you can click on that link to, to take a peek at it, I've already looked at it, is the Super Nintendo World that Universal Studios Japan is almost complete. A lot of people are, um, no, oh shit, I forgot to mention that, I will mention that really quick, because I've been, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> uh, a lot of salty fanboys on N4G, apparently, um, this is the only thing I can come up with, flagged my site. And so I can't post anything on N4G right now. I my my account is fine. Why would they flag? Why would they flag your site? Like to so that you can't submit. People can't submit content for my site there anymore. So like when the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake review went up, and there was so much salt, including some of the contributors that have the ability to to vote your content onto the site, they obviously yeah. reported. Like you can mass report, like on Twitch, for example, and then yeah. the back end just shuts down. Uh, whatever the fuck. So I sent in a ticket the other day and i was like hey i didn't break any of your tos i actually read your tos super thoroughly because we were submitting our own content it wasn't somebody else and i wanted to make sure and there's a whole section on webmasters submitting submitting their own content it's not a blog it's like a full-blown fucking a website with uh years worth of content uh, provided on it it's got more effort put into it than most fucking regular gaming websites because you're getting a video audio and fucking written review portion for it and mm-hmm. yeah, they, it got it got fucking flagged. So I was like, "What the, oh, the fuck?" Haters, the haters trying to take you down. Trying to take it down. Yeah, clickbait. Two out of five. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, Super Nintendo World, Universal Studios Japan, almost done. You can see some pictures in a tweet there. If you look up, uh, if you look it up, you'll be able to find it easy enough. I'm sure Google Foo has your back. A lot of people were saying how it looks so small, and they're like, "Oh, this is disappointing." You forget that this is this is just a. It's like a, a part within Universal Studios. It's not like they're building an entire theme park based on Nintendo or some shit. Like, that's mm. not what the idea was. They were just making, like, a segment. It's like, you know, you go to a theme park and they're break, broken up into all sorts of themes because it's called a theme yeah. park. Well, the Super Nintendo... <laughs> 
Super Nintendo theme uh, in this area. You don't see, uh, I didn't see any like pictures up close, but the aerial views, some of the stuff, it looked pretty dope, honestly. Uh, it stood out like a sore thumb because it was so brightly fucking colored. It was like a neon light pointed into the fucking sky. But, uh, but yeah, it looked, it looked pretty dope and I bet you it'd be kind of a cool place to, to, uh, uh, to go to at some point. Of course it's in Japan, so I'm not going to be there, but, uh, we do yeah, have no. some, some Japanese commun- community members. Place, I yeah. Do, I do want to see Japan at some point in my life. So why not stop in at Super Nintendo World? Exactly. There you have it. Uh, there was going to be originally a PlayStation 5 event today coincidentally in 30 minutes from now right in the middle of our podcast where they were going to be releasing a whole whack of playstation 5 stuff in a in a playstation event they stopped that um for today for obvious reasons um there were other things for people to be concerned about than uh, watching this big reveal and they wanted to give that some breathing space um lots of companies doing the same thing that's uh, the playstation's not the only one doing that i think it's definitely the right move uh for them uh without question so that will come up. I don't know yet if they've given a replacement date for when they're going to do it, but when it happens, um, you can rest assured it will probably be a Thursday right in the middle of this podcast and we'll be fucked and either have to watch it live or wait for the next week. <laughs> That's pretty much. There we go. Because Perfect. for some reason in the last year, everyone decided to make every event live and on a Thursday right in the middle of our podcast. It's like without fail. Every single one of them. We picked a great time, apparently. Hey. It is what it is. Prime time slot in the week. Um, bu- 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 oh, in relation to that, yeah, so one of the other ones, because we've talked about it in the podcast as well, um, the IGN Summer of Games also got pushed back. They're pushing that whole event back because, again, people have more important things to worry about right now, and that event is going to be just as fine if they push it back a little bit, and so that's what the what they are doing. Next up, Jeff, it's your favorite topic. And oh. it got submitted in, and it's and it's and it's everyone else. There's like six, there's like I would say probably five or six people now in the comment section that whenever we talk about uh, Star Citizen, and by talk about I mean shit on Star Citizen. They're like, mm. we get it, guys. You don't like Star Citizen. Well, guess what? I will take every opportunity I can to shit on this game until it comes out. And <laughs> damn it, <laughs> damn it, they've given us more to talk about, and so we're gonna talk about it. Uh, what now? Alright, so just in May alone, if you click on that link I sent you, and then you, mm-hmm. uh, on down bottom it says crowdfunding timeline, if you change that to month, mm-hmm. oh, look at that fucking spike. Whoa, how the hell did they get, make so much in one month? Alright, so they went from in, um... They've in, been averaging $5 million a month for the last four, five, four months? Yes. And they just tripled... <laughs> They went over $15 million in May. Yeah. Over $15 million fucking dollars in May alone. Why? It's no small feat that, that they were averaging $5 million a month before. <laughs> before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and how many years deep are we right now? They're still pulling in a cool $5 million a month. Just... It is what it is. Five million dollars a month. On average, dude, it gets it gets up more than that. I mean, in December they did oh, eleven million. Uh one second. That's a guys. lot of money. Yeah, keep talking keep keep talking. I'm just turning you. That's turning a whole you up lot of that's a whole lot of money. Well, hey, you know what? 
At this point, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or in this case, if it ain't ready, don't, don't make ship it ready. It. <laughs> no, don't ship it ever. It'll make more money never being shipped than it will once it goes live. Yeah, this is this is one of this is one of the this is actually not one of them. This is actually the biggest uh I don't want to use the word scam. Because it's not an outright scam, but you know what it is? It's an abuse of their of their situation for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it is it's very blatant what they're Mm. doing. Very blatant. I mean, there's there's really no disputing it. Uh, It is factual what they're doing. Um, It's genius. Uh, (laughs) And you know what? They're they're selling people on a pipe dream. And at this point, people are so it's becoming a religion, man. They're so they're so worked up and, and and in this that these guys can be you know what I've been you know what we finished yesterday ninety day fiance oh shit oh really we just and, we're we're about thirty minutes left on the most recent episode that we haven't gotten through okay yet. so we finished we finished that so this reminds me a lot of ninety day fiance all right okay and and people that are diehard about this game and think it's coming out and have been get, pumping money into it and everything else is basically the dude or the dudette. It's typically the guy, the desperate yeah. guy from America that is on these dating websites trying to find the love of his life. And the love of his life, he thinks, is Star Citizen. The reality is Star Citizen is there to milk all the money they want. They want the green card. They want to make it Six. They want to be put out of their little, the little tiny cave where there's just a few employees and they have a pipe dream and everything. They're here to suck the money out of you. And what do they do? Every time you're about to give up and say, you know what? Maybe you are fucking me. Maybe I am better than this. They give you a little something. Maybe a little nude picture. Maybe a, I love you. Maybe a, I can't wait to see you. Maybe a stock photo of some dude standing in the park ripped as fuck who's a restaurant manager. Exactly. Name Williams. All right. <laughs> and that is Star Citizen. Star Citizen is the 90 day fiance before the 90 days. <laughs> and everybody right now is just high on the fact of possibility. They have visualized what it's going to be like to spend the rest of their lives with this person. And in this case, with the greatest sci-fi video game open world ever to be created. And you know what? I've got I've got a theory, Adam. Okay, what's your theory? What I've got you, a theory. Hit me. Perhaps it has gone up three times its normal amount because the world is going to shit. <laughs> and people go, you know what? I want to escape. I want this to be my new reality. And I'm willing to pump and support this and play this and get behind this so that I can get away from the noise. So what you're telling me escape. is that not only is Star Citizen the 90-day fiancé before the 90 days of video games, but it's also the tele-evangelist of video <laughs> games. Yes. Where when you hit rock bottom and all yes. of a sudden there's a, for whatever reason, obese white dude with the same haircut that everyone else has with a blonde, blue-haired, southern belle wife standing in a suit on TV in 4x3 on some random channel. And it's got call now to receive your free cloth 
that's been mm-hmm. dipped in holy water mm-hmm. to heal your woes. We know that you've hit rock bottom. I've got a note for you, but it's going to cost you the low, low payment of $15.99. And you can Trump s- bucks ready. You sign up now. Maybe you, maybe you've got multiple relatives that need to get healed. Mm. We've got a, we've got a healing cloth for all of them. You got a particularly large, we got, we got different sizes of healing cloths, but in this yes. case, we got different size ships. And they yes, cost amen. different amounts of money. And by God, if amen. you want a package deal of all mm-hmm. of our healing cloths, it'll cost you 15000 U.S. dollars. Let me go grab my Trump bucks. It's crazy. Congratulations, Star Citizen. Chris Roberts, the next faith healer of video games. <laughs> <laughs> 15, 15 million dollars. In one month, after being this deep into the game, and in Dece- I mean, to put that into context, that is roughly four, almost five million dollars more. I'd say five. I'd say four million dollars more than they got in December, in Christmas time. They made more money in May than they made in Christmas season. Ho ho ho. Before everyone was broke as fuck, with no hey job, Trump bucks were out. It's true, you know. People were sitting at home; they want something to do. Damn, Star Citizen. Damn. Congrats! What a meme. Well, there you have it. Keep the keep the dreams going. I'm waiting for June. Show me June. It's gonna be thick. <laughs> if if 15 mil becomes like their new average, that's what I want to say. Just so much money, Jeff. Uh, next up. All right. Now that we've had our time to talk about Star Citizen, I always love talking about Star Citizen. It's fucking hilarious to me. Ubisoft. This is equally as, as, as hilarious to me, honestly. Ubisoft is trying to convince everyone that their Trackmania subscriptions, this is a new Trackmania game that's come out. If you don't know what Trackmania is, it's a uh, like a racing game of sorts that uh, mostly user-generated content using their, their track editor, and it gets fucking bonkers, some of the tracks that they make. Very popular mm. game. Um, people have been playing for a long time. New version of that's coming up. Ubisoft is at the helm of this, and uh, they're trying to co- convince people that the, the subscription that they have for this game isn't actually a subscription. All right, so I'm going to lay this out for everyone. You You guys let me know whether or not this sounds like a subscription to you. It's a live service that includes free-to-play. Then, there are two tiers above free-to-play. Okay. For free-to-play, you can, of course, play the game and go about your business, etc., etc. But, if you want access to the track editor, now you're paying a seemingly arbitrary $10 a year. Okay, that's not much. It's not much, but it's so little that uh, for per year that you just go, but why? <laughs> then, for $30 a year, then you get access to uh, to the clubs and, like, tournament kind of stuff and, like, the other higher, you know, tier access, whatever they, they're packaging in. And that's it. So you're paying yearly. You're not paying a lot yearly. For maxing it out, you're paying $40 a year for Trackmania. But here's the deal. Ubisoft said, 
Trackmania is not subscription-based. You just pay for it multiple times. Sounds like a subscription to me. I mean, by definition. Yeah, that is a subscription, actually. <laughs> by definition. <laughs> it's not a subscription. You just pay for it multiple times. All right. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Thank you, Ubisoft, for that Thanks. incredible reimagining of the term subscription. So yeah, it's not like it's a lot of money. I just thought it was hilarious that they're trying to say that they're sub- they're clearly subscription. It's not a subscription. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, you're paying it f- for the year. The you know the only thing is they're not taking it monthly. They're just doing they've, a year. <laughs> they've just extended still, the, period, the period. It's like it's like if Netflix goes, hey, instead of us charging you monthly, you know. We're just going to do one lump sum, kind of like what Disney Plus did. Hey, you can do it monthly, or you can just buy the subscription for the full year, and then discount. we'll get yeah, you get a discount. So that's it's still a subscription. I I still have a Disney Plus subscription. I just paid for it a year up front, and then in a year it's going to cancel. Kind of like after a year, this will cancel. And then if you want to do it again, you have to buy the subscription. You have to subscribe to it. This is fucking crazy, dude. Like, Yikes. I, I I would love to I would love to hear them try to explain what they really mean by that, but I feel like they wouldn't be able to explain it any better than they did. The uh, only way that that's not a subscription is if you pay the ten dollars or the thirty dollars and you're done. So it's like yes. a DLC. You buy that, it's over. The moment you're saying per year, it's a subscription. You're subscribing to that content. If you don't tr- own it indefinitely. Like, unless there was, like, version one of Track Editor and you pay for it, and then the next year comes around, they've got Track Editor 2.0. Yeah. And you still have access to 1.0. Exactly. Now it's that's not a subscription. Yeah. Now, Yeah, now it's DLC. But that's not what they're pawning here. No. That's, you want access to the editor? You're going to pay $10 a year for that editor, that editor. And that's the show. So, yeah, that's called a subscription. Thank you, Ubisoft. For your continued stupidity, bless your heart, and Yikes. good luck with Vikings, the TV show, the video game. Uh, EA. Uh, oh, right. Okay, so EA's Motive Studio in Montreal. So Motive was a, or, or is for, uh, I guess, just a, it's a new sub-studio within EA. And they were mostly a support studio um, that worked on various games. Probably their most prominent was them doing the campaign segments of Battlefront 2. They were the ones in charge of doing the campaign stuff. Not the multiplayer stuff, but the actual campaign stuff that was there. Which, most people actually said was quite good. I haven't personally played it, but the, I haven't heard anything particularly bad about uh, about that. Um, they are apparently in charge now of a full standalone game They're, uh, that EA has put in their, in their charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Star Wars game. So it's a All completely right. new Star Wars game underneath them, uh, and it has a code name Maverick is the name, uh, the code name that the game's been given, not the name of the game, obviously, but what the code name for the project is. Um, the only things we have to go off of right now is the the code name, of course, 
Uh, and that there are some, well, like there's one teaser image for it or something like that. So the style of the teaser image, I don't have the link there, unfortunately. I'm sure you could find it if you wanted to see it, but the teaser image makes it look like the, the era in which the game is happening is like original trilogy era. Uh, based on like the visuals, the font, you know, that kind of like, it looks almost Empire Strikes Backy type deal. And then the name Maverick I mean, the only, the only, other than, other than the definition of the word, uh, the one thing that I could think of would be, you know, you think Top Gun, right? Mm-hmm. When you think mm-hmm. Maverick. And mm-hmm. uh, especially the next Top Gun movie is coming. Uh, so it's something, you know, some people might, might, might be able to draw a connection to. And so I thought maybe in a far-flung fucking idea that this could be a game that focuses more on X-Wing TIE Fighter fighting than previous games because there hasn't been a lot of that in a while and i mean you go back to the game x-wing versus tie fighter which is one of people's favorite star wars games because it was dope yeah yeah um maybe we're getting i doubt we'd get into a pure flight based game but i i'm i'm guessing that it could very well be something that includes more of that um mm-hmm. where that's a, a more of a main component to the game and maybe it is like an x-wing tie fighter type game, which I wouldn't be against either. Uh, because we've had so we've had we've had a lot of Star Wars games that are just all ground, and that's the show. With scant yeah. space battles. I think Battlefront 2 does have some stuff, but it's not like it's the core idea. Um yeah. I mean your character cool. your character might even be a t- uh, an X Wing fighter. Like an X Wing it could Pilot. be following like a like a po- like a Poe Dameron or whatever. Yeah. And you're you're like that type of character and that sort of Exactly. You know. Like what if it was yeah, what if it was a single player yeah, uh mostly so, well I'm sure it's gonna have multiplayer because it's EA, but like a single player campaign that's following um a rookie fighter that's caught up in the midst of the original trilogy and you're part of that. I'd be down for that shit. That's a nice little new that's kind of a fresh ish ish take uh yeah. on it i'd be there for it uh so yeah there you go well well i suspect we'll learn more coming up the reason why we'll probably learn more soon is that maverick studios just signed up for all their social media shit so their twitter oh, account was created there you go and all that stuff so we're probably going to get some more information for that in the not too distant future uh oh what do we got next oh in news that makes you realize just how much of an asshole big companies can be Take two um, made some particularly aggressive corporate plays here in the, uh, over the last several months in regards to um, Kerbal Space Program Two. You've probably heard of Kerbal Space Program, of the first game, right? Okay. Yeah. So the second one was being um, was in development underneath uh, Take Two by a company called Star Theory Games, small developer just a you know not not a very big developer doing this contract and it was their one major contract that they had that was like into last year sometime late last year and um out of the blue take two sends an email through linkedin to a bunch of uh star theories uh employees it's the same email pretty much to everyone mm-hmm. and the 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 email basically stated, well, they said, this is a quote actually from it, a partial quote where it says, and there's no real context that before where this is going to sound weird. It became 
But this is in regards to um, canceling the contract for the game. So they just out of the blue said, you don't have this contract anymore. It said, it became necessary when we felt business circumstances might compromise the development, execution, and integrity of the game. And that was as detailed as they got behind their reasoning. Just some kind of vague, open-ended business speak. Um, and so they pulled the contract. And for a company the size of Star Theory, and, and, many, and many developers, honestly, that aren't mega developers, when you get a contract pulled like that mid-go... That's a massive financial hit for, uh, for the company. And so they struggled through it. They managed to keep their head above water. But the interesting thing is, is that as soon as they did that, and they sent that email, at the bottom of the email, they said um, they were encouraging the employees to sign up for a job at Take Two. And Take Two created another... Um, branch underneath them, like a dev underneath of them, I can't remember the name of them now, that was taking over the game development for Kerbal Space Program 2. And then they were poaching employees from Star Theory that they just pulled the contract from to mm. feed this new uh, developer under their own brand as it was at the same time. And so there were a bunch of like employees internally going, I don't know what to do here because my job security at Star Theory has basically been almost destroyed. You know, the 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 heads of of Star Theory are doing their best to uh to get the money together to keep this thing going and grab another project for the company to continue on. Um Intercept, that's it. <clears throat> and so um and so they, uh, uh, yeah, so some of them left and they did, they successfully poached a, a not insignificant number of employees from Star Theory. Uh, and then Star Theory kept going. They survived that financial hit, um, secured another project that they started working on, but then COVID hit and all of the trade shows that they were going to be showing the game off at for selling to publishers obviously went away. Yep. And so they couldn't sell it to anyone, so they had to literally shut the company down. They paid the remaining employees two months' worth of insurance for health insurance, I think one month of salary, something in that neighborhood, which is what they could afford to do, and then the company had to shut down. So basically, Take-Two outright <coughs> decides, you know what, we could probably, if we just we just do this cheaper, we just did it in-house. Uh, so pull that contract, fuck that company poach the employees and walk away as if nothing happened and just make the, make the game. Yikes, dog. That's a dick move, bro. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's one th- it's one thing to pull the contract for whatever reason. It's another one to then put at the bottom of the email, "Hey, you're probably fucked for work. You've been working on this game anyway. Why don't you just continue to work on it under us?" That's fucked up. Yeah, uh, that's super fucked. My guess, my guess is, is they might have been in some trouble from from the from the Rona, from the space aids. Oh, this was con- and- this was pulled way before space aids was a thing. This was like back in like uh, oh. September, October, oh November, well, like back my then. Theory is gone. My theory is gone. They're just greedy cocksuckers then. <laughs> by the sounds of it, that's it. They just fucked over a yeah. lot of people. 
Why would you give the con? They must have had a, a good reason to back out of the contract, though. The reason because was it, money. The, yeah, but I mean, you would think that there's a clause in the contract where they just can't back out. So maybe there was some sort of thing that they that, the, you know, a loophole that they found that they didn't agree with. And then they had it, the ability to leave because when you sign a contract like that, you can't just come in and say, hey, uh, we're we're gone because, you know, yeah, they could pull it, but they're they're still going to have to pay for that contract work if they agreed to it, unless the other side had done something. Well, they they would have paid the contract work for up to like where they were. Yeah. Right. But it's they not- would still have to finish paying for the con. Like if you have a contract with with the company and you're saying, hey, I'm contracting you out to do this this work then you are it's it's no different than uh building a building you you have a contractor you have a builder the builder goes okay listen i'm going to go to different contractors and i'm going to see there's going to be a bid and whoever bids is going to get the contract so there's a bidding that happens you agree that hey you're going to finish this work typically money is dispersed in in increments in chunks as work is being done so you do the framing Here's the money for the framing. An inspector goes in, inspects the work. They get a they get a check mark off that. Okay, now it's time to do um, the windows or or whatever. Okay, here's the money for all the windows. They go up. The inspector goes. They look at it. Okay, now we're gonna do the you know the plumbing, the electrical, whatever. It would be the same thing here, but within those, but within that big deal, that contract deal, there'll be clauses that that'll say, hey. If this type of work is not being done at a specific level or it fails to meet safety or in this case, it might be failed to meet the quality a standard or if a company um, uh, says something outlandish or does something within the company and it's tied to the person that is giving out the contract that could give them a bad name, then we can walk away from the contract if we feel as though you there is a breach of contract what i'm trying to say is in their line here it says it became necessary when we felt business circumstances might compromise the development execution and integrity of the game so there might have been a contra- a clause within the contract that if the person under this take 2 whether it's management whether it is uh the owner the company itself Maybe there was something behind the scenes that was happening. Uh, maybe, who knows? But there so, would be a, a clause that they could cut yes. t- separate ties. Yeah, there's and always. Say, Listen, so we take, can't do this so Take Two is one of the biggest publishers on earth, right? Take Two is Grand Theft Auto and all that yes, shit, right? Yes, so, it's, a big, it's a big one. So the, so the way that I would see where. So uh, another part of the story here, and the chat is right, is that at one point the studio was trying to sell the owners of the studio were trying to sell the studio to take two. I believe they, then they didn't like the terms of the, of, uh, the sell. And so they, they didn't take it. And then this precipitated from that. Could so, be. so take yeah. two, then looked at it and said, all right, they're not going to let us buy them for this. So how can we still, because obviously take two wanted creative control. The only way for them to get creative control because the contract is to buy out the company. Mm-hmm. They provide the uh, the company uh, goes to them take two and says this is what we want for the buyout. Take two says I don't, I don't really like that. Nobody moves. 
uh, on it. And so Take-Two is now legally bound with that contract to keep going, like you were saying. So how do we do that? Well, there's always loopholes in contracts, especially if it's written by somebody with a dick the size of Take-Two. And one of those, just like, just like when wrongful firing of an employee, an employer can come up with any fucking... The, the language like that, and that's what I meant by the, 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 yeah. the fucking business the language, speak. Yeah. The language yeah. here is so fucking broad and vague. Yeah. There's no yeah. specificity that they can just say that. And as long as that language matches whatever the fuck is in the contract. Then, then they're good. Then, then they're, they're good, good to go. And yeah. then that's. They can break contract because theoretically the other side broke contract. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if. The this other company, uh, which one is it? Uh, the Star Theory. Star Theory is Star, the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Star Theory, um, did something to Take Two, or there's heads butting and they didn't like the way the direction and they felt as though, hey, this is gonna hurt. This we're gonna lose money or what? I don't know. But the the dirty part is mm. is at the bottom. That's the dirty part. So even if there was something. That they had, that they that they felt they they break the contract and end the end it with uh with Star Theory to then put at the bottom that hey, you know come come work for us and probably what they're thinking is hey well you know they're already working on the game they're already familiar with with the game um they're gonna need a job and we could look like the good guys as well by providing them work yep um let's just go ahead and poach them. And I guarantee you a bunch of them probably went over and was like, yeah, I will absolutely do that. Not only that, you're now moving over to take two. So you're leaving a small uh, development company to go over to the big boys. So that's also appealing uh, in a lot of ways to a lot of employees, right? I mean, to some, it might not be because you're just part of a fucking, you know, your number now. And if and you talk to the- people in the video game industry, most people that are in that position, they're all going to tell you that they're just a cog in a fucking wheel. Doesn't matter who yeah. you're working for, you're a cog in a wheel. The people that tend yeah. to want to like, um, that that really step away from big companies are people like the owners of Star Theory who want to be able to have control over their property and not have to constantly bow down to whatever the the bigger publisher is telling them to do because it normally results in a game that is not representative of what their original in, you know, vision was for the, for the game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a mess for sure. Dirty. And, uh, dirty. and, and dirty. dirty. And, and, you know, if there was ever to be, it would be super, I, I don't, I don't know the legality of it enough, but, but the fact that they have that in the same message that they were, that they were telling them about the contract being pulled tells you that if anything, they only had a problem with upper management at theory and not the people that they're because they're trying to poach the employees of the company that they're now pulling the game away from so they didn't have they couldn't have had a problem with how the game was really turning out yeah because then they wouldn't be poaching fucking employees so it really goes to show that it seems like the the majority reason for why it happened was because they didn't like the fact that um they couldn't give star theory a deal that they would sell themselves to them for and mm-hmm. so this was their solution to not being able to buy them outright as it was. This was their way, their workaround. Well, well, you don't want to? Well, 
We're going to find a nice little loophole here. We're going to pull this contract. We're going to start up a nice little subsidiary inside of Take-Two. We're going to then say to your employees who are now probably looking for a job because you guys don't have any money left, hey, you want to come over here and continue working on the game that you've already been working on? We can do that. Hey, do you want to eat? You're not going to be making as much money as you were at Star Theory, but we'll pay you. It's uh, dirty, dirty work, to say the least. Um... Anyway, there you go. Um, let's see. Where am I stuck in this mess of, of notes? Uh, right. Oh, Sega. Sega announces the Game Gear Micro. This is apparently, uh, as of when I put this list together, it was only in Japan. Uh, but the Game Gear Micro. Now, <laughs> they're not fucking around when they say Micro. It will come in four different colors. This gets real weird, really weird, really quick. Uh, and I get turned off almost immediately, other than the fact that I can't think of a reason why I would need a Game Gear in my life. But it will come in four different colors. Each of these colors have four separate games. So the colors have different games on them. They don't all have the same ones. Um... They will cost roughly 45 US dollars a piece. And with, which is what starts to get a little fucking crazy. With a four pack deal, again, it's only in Japan right now, but with a four pack deal that's $260 that comes with a big window magnifier because this thing is so fucking small. And this is like some true 90s Sega shit where, like, if you owned the old Sega, you would know how many add ons. It was like the Mega Drive and the fucking, like, you could stack them like six, 16 fucking boxes high and it, it became like a Megazord from fucking Power Rangers by the time it was all said and done. It, it's like, it's like that. So this thing is, these are each, they're about three inches across by one and a half inches tall. And they have 1.15 inch screen on them. Powered by USB charge or two AAA batteries. No. Nope. So, <laughs> that's a big <laughs> nope from me dog um if you search this up you will you will see it uh in all of its glory but uh yeah four different co- the thing that really makes it weird to me is why are they splitting 16 games among four well obviously they want to make more money but like really who's gonna buy all four of these things collectors that's about it and they ain't gonna run out and buy them. Can you right do away? So let this, me dude, let me read the list of games here, and then tell me how much you want to play some of them on a one point one five inch screen, okay? With or without the magnifier. <laughs> so, so first up, Sonic the Hedgehog on a one point one five inch screen. No. Royal Stone. I don't even know what that no. is. If I'm gonna be real, Outrun. No. Uh, Puyo Puyo 2. No. Uh, Sonic and Tails. No. no. Baku Baku Animal. Gunstar Heroes. Imagine playing Gunstar no. Heroes on a one-inch screen. It's a big nope for me, How though. can you even do that? Is I got that it, possible? I already got it on my Sega Mini. I already got it on my Sega Mini. You better get that magnifier. <laughs> uh, 
Sylvan Tail, uh, and then also we get Nazupoyo, Shining Force, Shining Force 2, and Shining Force Final Conflict. So apparently one of them is just the Shining Force one. While the Red Edition gets Megami Tensei Gaiden, The Last Bible, uh, Megami Tensei Gaiden, Last Bible Special, and Gigi Shinobi and Columns. Bro, I... <laughs> this is the worst... This isn't even a mini anymore. There is a picture like... of two Japanese hands, and I say that not to be racist, but because they're small, holding all four of them with ease. They are so small. I'm going to post this picture in chat. They're like Just little Trump hands there, holding them all together. Little fucking Trump hands. This is perfect for Trump. Look at the size. Of these Dude, this things. is actually one of the worst things I've ever seen. Now, how cool would it have been to get a Sega Game Gear Mini uh, that was actually, you know, a smaller version of the old Sega Game Gear? Because the old Sega Game Gear was this big, fucking, bulky... I think I might have one sitting in this closet somewhere. I'm going to grab it. Okay. Yeah, the original one was massive and bulky and took, like, how many... Six double A batteries or some shit, I think. And it, all right. Uh, I think, I think the original took six double A batteries and they go through them in like an hour. All right, look at this. All right. Yeah, the people were comp- comparing this to the Game Boy Micro, which I think is even bigger than these. So, Look at this, the size of that unit. This is the Sega Game Gear, all right? And yes, it takes six AA batteries. Like, the size of this thing, like, these are my hands. I don't have very small hands. This thing is huge. You can make the Sega Game Gear Mini about half the size. Look how thick it is. It's a fucking, it's a brick. <laughs> it's a literal brick, right? You don't even, you, anyway. You know like, what it, it, should, the, it should be the size of, basically? Look at the battery add-ons. Look at my, the size of these... It could be the size of my cell phone, Jeff. Yes. It, it could be this big. Yes. Maybe even a bit smaller, but about this big. Not just the screen, but like the whole console. So the screen would be, you know, maybe a two point something inch screen, twice the size of what those are. And still comfortable to hold, not just for Japanese uh, uh, children that have only been born days prior. And put all the games on it. Like, look, look what happens when you get the power packs to put in for the batteries. Look at the size of this thing, dude. My well, hands the, almost can't reach the buttons. On the plus side, in an emergency, you could weaponize that and defend your home. You definitely could. You fuck some so, people up with that thing. You know, I've got, what, 3, 6, 9, 12. I got, like, 13 games here. And I got to carry it in this fucking thing. You know, you make... It's a briefcase. Make a, yeah, make a mini... And put out the whole damn collection. It's not like there's a shit ton of Sega Game Gear games. Put the whole damn collection on there if you got the licensing to do it. Or put as many of them as you can. Put all those on there. This is crazy, dude. This is definitely one of those things that that w- I think would only sell in Japan. I and, want you to think and, about this. And as a collector thing, nobody's going to play the games on this on these. Dude, it's 1.1.5. One it's forty nine nine. It's forty nine, forty five dollars a piece. Yeah, 
or the steel, all four plus the the big window magnifier for two hundred and sixty U.S. dollars. All right. So listen to this: the Nintendo, the Nintendo Mini. All right. Okay, I want you to think about this. All right, let me get my minis here. The Nintendo Mini. Mm-hmm. This thing right here. It's got 30 games on it. Yep. 30. It was $60 yep. US. $60 US. That is $2 a game. Yep. Two bucks. The Super Nintendo Mini is 80 bucks. All right, it's got 20... 21 games, if you count the unreleased Star Fox 2. But it came with two right? controllers. Came with two controllers. All right. I think it's. I think there's 20, 21 games in total. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yes, 21 games. 80 bucks. That's $3.81 a game. You've got the Sega Genesis Mini. Same price, 80 bucks, 42 games, $1.90 a game. The PlayStation Classic, which is the biggest ripoff yet, was 99 bucks, $100 US, 20 games, $5 a game. The, this Game Gear shit, you're looking at $40, $45 per. You're looking at about $11 a game. To play it on a 1.15-inch screen. To play it on a 1.15-inch screen. What? <laughs> what? The answer's no. And you need batteries to play it? Well, you can plug in with USB, but yeah, you know, if it's portable, you're going to be using batteries. What are you going to do? You're going to have this little tiny portable thing that you're going to sit beside a plug? Of course, you're going to be going around using it if you're going to. It's a travel thing. And then you strap the magnifier onto it. And so it makes it even bulkier. Suck. Yeah. And suck up more battery or whatever the fuck. No, this thing is that is awful. No, (laughs) it's a bad. It's a bad idea. Uh, and again, idea. definitely only something that would sell in, in Japan just because it's small and cute and collectory. That's, that's the only place you're going to fucking see any sales for that shit. That's going to fail here. Uh, yeah, that'd be a big, a big, a big L for sure. Uh, next up, not an L, uh, Microsoft says that HDR reconstruction and 100,000 hours of retro game play testing will make the series X the most backwards compatible console ever to elaborate on that more select games now I, we don't, I don't know the, the breadth of it but not a particularly small number but select games probably games they get licensing to much like uh, some of the other licensing that they do for their backwards compatibility will get complete HDR reconstruction this is on top of the 4K upscaling that they do on those games already on the on the Xbox One X. Now, obviously, going to be on the Series X. Uh, they're still going to see if you're if you're doing that, dear. You might as well just stand up. 
<laughs> crawling around <laughs> on the floor trying to stay in the camera, still seeing. <laughs> uh, I see you. Uh, good try being stealthy, though. It's good effort. Uh, yeah. So on top of the 4K upscaling, uh, the reduced load times from the obviously faster, uh, faster memory and hard drive, and in some cases they're talking about frame doubling. So taking games that originally ran at 30, doubling them to 60, and some apparently. 60 doubling to 120. So they're not just making some of these games backwards compatible. They're like fucking real-time overhauling the shit out of it so that if you, you're sitting at home playing new games and you want to go back and play some of the older games, you're getting upscaled, HDR, higher frame rate, lower load time, fucking shenanigans. Uh, and so that's a impressive feat even if it's for a limited selection of games the fact that that's even a possibility if they even if they only got a hundred of the most played games from mm. the xbox the original xbox and the 360 that by itself would still be a great feature to have because it's not simply just play the old games it's play the old games on your brand new tv or hardware yeah. With your HDR and everything else. Uh, I will be very interested to see how the HDR goes down. Because HDR done wrong is atrocious. So reconstructing HDR would be a very interesting project. Especially if they're applying it in broad strokes to uh, many backwards compatible games. So, um, That's dope. Yeah. It's uh, pretty friggin' crazy. Oh, apparently. I, I guess this is in relation to this. Uh, Zamlo's got us, uh, giving us the hookup here. Um, they had to get like 40 plus companies integrated into Microsoft and all of those games are getting redone and by and paid for by Microsoft. Uh, so in similar veins, uh, I don't think they probably acquired the companies, but they would have had to get licensing. Like I was mentioning earlier, uh, to be able to do that for a lot of, of these games, but, um, they're, they're making a real push to, to make, um, backwards compatibility more than just plugging in your game and having it output a signal, which is, which is really cool. Uh, they can talk a big game. We get to wait and mm. see what happens when it goes, you know, when it goes out. The biggest irony in all of this would be if, like, they put the original Halo on the list and then the upscaling and the HDR and everything that they have just makes it better than the Master Chief Collection. It's very, it's very possible. Uh, and on which, which honestly, I got to keep it haunted. Master Chief Collection, dumpster fire. <clears throat> and that's their second time to bat on that game. Just fucking swinging a miss all over the place. Um, we don't know. We know, or we do know that. Uh, I guess to, to talk about PlayStation, we do know. We have talked about that they do have plans to do more than just raw backwards compatibility for the <laughs> games that they support. But we mm -hmm. don't know yet the extent, and perhaps in then this next conferency thing that they're going to do, we'll find out more about that backwards compatibility stuff. The extent to which they will be expanding upon the games. Um, performance for their backwards compatibility list, but for now we don't know. Next up, and in relation to the hilarity that is Star Citizen taking so fucking long to get off the ground, Elite mm. Dangerous, which is another very popular game in the space simulation category, uh, is uh, just put out a trailer. We're not going to watch this. You can watch it yourself, Jeff. It's not I already watched long. it. Oh, you watched it, so you know. So, uh, put out a trailer that for uh, what's it called Odyssey is the expansion where they are apparently introducing 
um, for uh, a you know selection of planets on foot combat mission based stuff out of your ship, getting out and doing and doing that stuff. So they're basically you're going to have the space exploration and combat and trading of Elite Dangerous expanded with now um, what will likely be a not insignificant number of planets that you will be able to enter atmosphere out of your ship, go on foot. There were guns and hands and shit. It's looking like they're lo- uh, like they're going to uh, to have some full-blown content on the ground, which is going to make a couple of people in my community very happy because we have some, I have a couple of diehard Elite Dangerous uh, folks in my community. Uh, people have been asking just to be able to fly down to see planetary surfaces, not to land and get out of your ship. Uh, apparently they said, how about we do that, but then we also tack legs onto it and let hmm. you walk around. There you go. So there you go. We'll see more, uh, and, and we'll keep tabs on that and see just the scope, because this is just a teaser video for now that was in-game uh, engine footage, but it was obviously canned. That um, wasn't actual gameplay, so we'll wait and see what comes out in the future with that and uh, and keep you guys posted on that development. Because, you know, between, between like, No Man's Sky, which is weird to even put that in the same breath, uh, and Elite Dangerous... Um, and EVE Online and shit, there are multiple games in the category of Star Citizen that are, they're not going to do everything Star Citizen does, but they're doing such a significant percentage of it that yeah. that as those games continue to mature through the life cycle of, <clears throat> of, of uh, Star Citizen, by the time Star Citizen lands... It's not even going to feel special. Is it's it even going to feel special anymore? No. It's like it's been done long ago. Except that the other companies didn't make half a billion dollars, five million dollars a month on a low on a low end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you go. That's that's pretty uh, pretty exciting news for people who are big into elite, uh, elite dangerous. Um, yeah. that's all I got for gaming news, Jeff. You know what time oh. it is? It's patreoncom slash TV time. That's right. If you guys aren't already supporting the podcast and you want to go the extra mile. You can hit us up on Patreon for as low as $1, uh, all the way up to as much uh, as you like. And uh, it helps the podcast keep going, helps keep the lights on, keeps us going, keeps us flowing. We've been going now for over three years. So big thank you, everybody, that's uh, continuing to support. And we get new ones every week. Um, And if you can't uh, support via dollars, you can support by hitting the like button, uh, leaving a review hitting us up with a comment for that algorithm, uh, algorithmic purposes. And uh, yeah, just tuning in and, and watching and sharing. If you any of those or all of those are is a great way uh, of showing support. Uh, also got to give a shout out to our sponsors. We got NordVPN. If you guys are interested in getting a VPN service, uh, if you are getting data throttled, if you want to watch Netflix in different regions, uh, if you want to stay safe and anonymous, uh, if you want to watch content that is region blocked in your country, here's a selling uh, feature. We just not that you probably not that not that you probably wouldn't have already been able to guess this, but Google is currently under a lawsuit of five billion dollars because they were still collecting data in incognito mode. Well, there you go. Want to avoid if that? You, if you want to avoid that, NordVPN, uh, make that happen, and you can get seventy percent off a three year subscription by using the promo code OTT 
Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can click the link in the description to take you right to the page. If you're listening to this on audio, it is simply nordvpn.com slash OTT. Go on over there, get yourself a subscription, get yourself a VPN service. You can use up to six simultaneous devices. Um, it's super easy. It's literally one click of a button. You can log in anywhere on any device at any time. Um, their servers are fast. You can stream on it. You can game on it. You can game and stream on it. Uh, best in the business, and they support the podcast. So if you want to continue to see them support us, hey, when you're in the market for a VPN, think of NordVPN and go ahead and grab that subscription. Secondly, Elgato. If you guys don't already uh, know about the Stream Deck, go and pick one up. You can get one in mini, regular size, and XL. Uh, link is in the description if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this, you can just head on over to uh, their website over in Elgato and uh, check out the products. You've got stuff from Stream Decks, green screens, capture cards. So new line of consoles are coming out. You're going to need to capture that in all of its glory. They do have 4K HDR capture cards. Uh, definitely go check them out. Extremely well-priced uh, for what you get as well. In fact, I do believe at one point, I don't know if this is still it because I don't do enough research. I mean, Adam would be the one to tell me. But uh, for the 4K HDR 60 frames, it is the cheapest card that you can buy, that money can buy right now. And uh, they can do all of the stuff. Like I have my capture card in my computer. I can just link up my PS3. I can link up my PS4, my Xbox One. You can capture your uh, your footage. The new line of consoles are coming out. Or you can capture your old consoles. I use it as well for my retro gaming. Um, and they've got tons of different products. They've got key lights. You know, whether you're a streamer or you're on that TikTok hype or whatever other hype you're using, you can get uh, yourself some key lights as well. Um, they have different types of lights that you can do all on your key lighting. So if you want uh, white light, yellow light, uh, bright, you can dim it down. You can use the app and control it from there. Um, lots, lots to choose from from Elgato. But my favorite product by far is the Stream Deck, which is a big macro uh, key hub, essentially, that you can use while gaming. You can use it to hook up programs, to open up your Spotify, to open up your favorite podcast streams. Uh, it's sleek. It works. It's really, really a great product, so definitely go check them out. And uh, that's pretty much it. Because, Elgato. hey, you... El gotta get one, if don't you don't forget, already. Don't forget. Boom, get the there it is. So shout there. out to our sponsors. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, go support them because they support us. That's right. And that's time for movies and TV. Uh, first up, just a fun little uh, fun facty whacked from uh, from the John Wick series. Apparently, John Wick's uh, John Wick was originally supposed to be titled Scorn. Hmm. Uh, not to be confused with the game that we watched a couple weeks ago, where there was the weird mechanical dripping penis. But yes, it was originally titled Scorn, and uh, apparently the reason why it changed from Scorn is because Keanu kept fucking it up and calling it John Wick everywhere he went, and so the guys said, alright, well, if he's just gonna keep calling it John Wick, we're calling the movie John Wick. Good life choice. Great. Honestly, anything Keanu Reeves says, you should probably just do it. Because I gotta, be, I gotta keep it, I gotta keep it real. Scorn is a terrible fucking title for that movie. And it it also doesn't have a dripping penis. So no, no, no. That would have been that. that would have been super awkward. John Wick though, fire, and it's right to the point. It's John Wick. 
fire. I mean, the entire series is about John Wick. The fuck were they thinking yeah. calling it Scorn? What kind of hipster-ass fucking, like, deep introspective name is that? The only other name I could think of that they could call it is Wicked or something. You know? Uh, Mr. Wick. Wicked something. I don't know. But John Wick just works. It does. I like it. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is officially happening. And by that, I mean the movie. Uh, we knew that there was a real good chance of that happening, but now it's been confirmed. Oh, a ton of money. Yep. Uh, Jeff Fowler is going to return to direct and Pat Casey and Josh Miller are returning to write. So you're going to get basically the same crew. And I suspect they're going to lock up many of the same actors to continue on. Uh, but that movie made way more money than it probably had any right to. Uh, although to be honest, having seen it, it's actually a pretty good movie. So, uh, I watched half of it, fell asleep mm. and then just never watched it again. Mm. I'm not huge on animated films. I'm just not. Yeah. Neither and am I. The, and the comedy was was it was it was exactly campy. what I it would have expected like, for a Sonic movie because yeah. it's for kids. Yeah, yeah. They're pitching it, humor to kids. Yeah, yeah. But it worked, so good on them. Yeah, and we're gonna get and uh, Jim Carrey. You know, is getting a sequel to something. So, damn, good for him too. Uh, other than that, Carol fucking Baskins mm. gained control of the Tiger King Zoo thanks to a court ruling, and you better believe that the Tiger King himself is sitting in that jail cell fucking seething right mm. now over the fact that his most bitter rival and enemy has now acquired his zoo. Damn. Time for another documentary. Yep. Oh, you know that she's got cameras following her now. Oh. She's going to make a fuck ton of money. 100%. 100%. That's going to be the busiest fucking zoo of all time. The Honest to God, the best possible outcome for this is, the, is a massive M. Night Shyamalan plot twist where Joe gets out and, and, uh, and it's found that Carol did do some dirty shit and she gets swapped into jail and then Joe takes over his fucking zoo again. That's the Tiger King. That... That would be the greatest M. Night Shyamalan plot twist of all time. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest, I actually think that's probably the reality of the situation. <laughs> Just oh, if I gotta be honest. Uh, next up, the saga of AMC continues as it says that it has substantial doubt, that's the quoted part, substantial doubt, that it will be able to stay in business after the closings around the world during the Space Godzilla pandemic and they said this is uh, to put a point on that they said this is especially the case because even if uh, places were to uh, be allowed to open up at you know government level it uh, movie studios holding their movies back from release is unlikely to uh, make the situation a heck of a lot better uh, for them and so that's that's where they're at right now yeah uh uh, they'll probably go under, but somebody will bail them out and buy them out. And that somebody is probably going to be Amazon. Mm. Prepare your buttholes. Buckle up. The plot thickens. Oh, yeah. They're going to get bought out without a doubt. They're going to, they're, they're, somebody's going to come in and buy the, buy them up. And, uh, Amazon is probably going to be it. Wouldn't be surprising. Be, crazy. be nuts. Uh, and that's all I've got for, for movies and TV. Yeah, uh, there hasn't. I mean, it's this is dead. Space AIDS time, right? It's yeah. like there ain't, there ain't nothing. Uh, apparently, Tenet is still going to be coming out in July, so there's that. Okay, uh, um, that's what that's um Christopher Nolan's new movie, mm. um, which has Robert uh, 
Pattinson and Denzel's son. It looks far. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, so it's gonna be dope. Uh, it's gonna be dope. So they're they're still planning on coming out in July. Other than that, movie related stuff. There ain't. I'm not hearing nothing. Dead. You know what Dead that means. Team. In tech record support. time of ten minutes, we're moving on to tech support. <laughs> Uh, tech support, ladies and gentlemen, patreon.com slash lag TV each and every week uh, for $10 and higher on Patreon. Uh, we post up a topic uh, on the page uh, that's called tech support. Uh, it's week 155, for example, this week. And you are, uh, as a member, $10 and higher, able to ask some questions on that post each and every week. And then here on tech support on the podcast, we answer as many of those bad boys as we can. First up, what do we got here? Uh, Seth is saying, no question, just stay safe, everyone, and stand up for what's right. I'm, I'm, Hell yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Caleb asks, other than a mold of your own genitalia, what is the best surprise present for a long-distance significant other? For a long-distance? Yeah, so other than mold of your own penis... What is the best possible uh, surprise present for a long-distance significant other? You showing up. There you go. You in person. That was my answer, you fucking asshole. All right. Because the only thing better than a mold is the real thing. the real thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Alexa says, 2020 might be the worst year in living memory. How could it get any worse? Don't give it any ideas. (laughs) <laughs> don't speak that evil uh you know don't what, what was it from the green mile don't of, don't put that thing. don't you put that evil on me don't uh, I, I can think of one thing but i won't even say it because i don't even want to put it out there in the universe trump getting reelected. yep <laughs> yeah don't do it please god just for fuck god please uh, the other thing I made the joke of the uh, uh, the other day, I don't even know if it was on the podcast or something else. I think it was on the podcast. Where it said the only thing that can make 2020 worse is Yellowstone finally erupts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the Yellowstone oh, solves all of our problems for us by killing yeah. us all. There you go. Uh, and then the coincidence was uh, not long after that, there was news that like there were earthquakes around Yellowstone like five days after I said that. I was like, well, fucking, oh, I, didn't, I wasn't serious. Come on now. Uh... Mm. Oh, Will Hawkins asks, did you ever mix fountain drinks together like Dr. Pepper with Sprite uh, with orange drink? And did Mm. you uh, have a favorite combo? I never really did. I used to, when I was younger, like in my teenage years, I used to mix, um, I used to mix, uh, I think it was mellow yellow and, and, uh, was like a fruit. I don't think it was fruitopia, but it was a different type of fruit punch. And I used to mix those two together, um, and I used to like that. Other than that, I'm just a I'm just a one one type god. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I I had a really short period of time where it was where you know it was popular to do that, right? Especially Subway. It's like the one place I can think of where I would have actively done it, where they had the dispensers. 
and it was popular for a time to do some mixings. And I think the popular thing was oh, Sprite was always the base of everything because yeah. it was like a yeah. a neutral citrus flavor. And then you mm-hmm. just tack whatever the fuck else onto that. But it was usually other fruit related stuff. So there's Fruitopia related things, you know, fruit juices and and yeah. whatnot. Which honestly, that trend is probably why you get these mix stations that we have now i mean i mix the i do mix now but i only add vanilla to it so like i'll add vanilla to coke or i'll add vanilla to sprite or uh or vanilla to uh whatever pepsi or whatever i like that but i don't like mixing two different types of pop no two different types of pop i've I've, i never did that like i wasn't like a you know i i knew people that mixed um like coke and root beer um or um or coke and sprite but never and i had coke and sprite coke and sprite's not bad because again it's just citrus being added to whatever you're having like citrus goes with so much shit that it it, it, there's not very many flavors that that it goes awry with but yeah it's uh it's been uh it's been a thing for a while but now we have those those mixing stations it's like the one in subway now you literally choose you know what combo you want and boom and boom bob's your uncle uh, next, I'm looking at my notes over there on the screen. Like that's where I was going to get the next question. Um, mm, oh, this is a, this is dread pointed directly at you, sir. Uh, dude, dudeson asks, Mr. Black from your yeah. stories, from the stories that you've told on the podcast. It doesn't seem like uh, it seemed like you were the uh, like a, while, a long time ago. You weren't much of the relationship type of dude, and yet, uh, obviously, you're with now with Kayla for a long time, previous to marriage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What about her made you change your mindset when it came to relationship goals from just wanting to smash and actually having and actually getting married and eventually having kids? Well, uh, believe it or not, I always been a relationship guy. So I, my ex. Uh, like my my high school sweetheart, mm, I dated years? her uh, four years. Yeah, yeah. So from from basically age fifteen to nineteen, the last year was like off and on. Uh, I was with her, and I had about a one year period of being single, and that was the year that I just fucked around with whoever and did whatever. So, but I was also seeing a girl. Um, for about almost that whole year, but I was seeing other women as well, but I was, I was like more exclusive with her. Like we spent a lot of time together and she knew what I was doing. I knew what she was doing. We just kind of had that. Uh, we weren't necessarily like quote unquote fuck buddies because that's what Kayla and I were my wife. When, when we first met the other, the other girl, I was more of a relationship type thing, but we weren't exclusive. Like we weren't like. We just spent a lot of time together. We enjoyed each other company, but I had just gotten out of a relationship for four years. I didn't want to get into it. She knew that and she was older. She's like eight years older than me. So she didn't really want to, you know, deal with a young guy that just, you know, we, we just agreed to be in a relationship, but not in one. Uh, it's called an open relationship, it, basically. Open relationship. Yeah, that's I guess that's the best way to put it. It was, you know, we weren't like it was open. Um, although towards the end, she started getting jealous of when I was spending time with like Kayla or somebody else or that whatever. Inevitably happens in open relationships. Yeah. We started, yeah. Clo- we started getting closer and closer and it was to the point. So then I had to make a decision that, Hey, you know, did I want to continue here with, with her 
the older the older girl or start a relationship with Kayla because Kayla was starting to kind of get serious too because we started spending more time with each other and started liking liking each other and it was more than just sex or whatever. So I had to literally make a choice and um I think I've said this before but uh I was supposed to go on a trip uh I I I actually uh was supposed to go on a trip with this other with the older girl she wasn't able to go um I ended up asking Kayla if she wanted to go and Kayla wanted to go. So we went on that trip and then that's when Kayla and I got like really close. And then as soon as I came home, that was it. I said, I'm done. So I never saw the other girl again or any, any other girls. Um, and was just with, with Kayla. And I think the reason is as well as, uh, the other girl was eight years older than me. So she was, she was in her, uh, mid to late twenties. And I was like 20 years old, 2021. 20, and I didn't, she wanted, she's going to want kids, you know, in the next few years. And it was just like, we had her fun. She's a great person. She was fun to be around, but, and she was very career oriented. Like she had a great job. She made good money. Um, you know, I used to call her mama. She used to be like my sugar mama. She used to just, buy <laughs> I was young and broke, but like she, she had a good career. Um, and so, you know, but it wasn't about that. I was just in a different place and uh, decided uh, that I was going to give Kayla my full undivided attention, whether that was going to work out or not. I had no idea we'd be married and have a kid and go through all this together. But um, that was it. That was pretty much it. We went on a trip, spent seven days together alone, no other girls around, no other influences. And I said, yeah, I'm ready to settle down. So I was only single for at most a year and a half in my adult life. So Kayla and I've been together for like 11 or 12 years now. So, and we've been married for like six. Um, so, and yeah, we were engaged for four years. So, uh, yeah, believe it or not, I was always a relationship guy. Um, I just had a really crazy year and a half, uh, of being single and I had some fun and I didn't even have as much fun as some of my other my other guy friends like you know i was still pretty i had a rough i had like a really crazy year a 12 month period where people just knew like jeff's got to get it out of his system and i did and i've been with my wife ever since so there it is there you go loose caboose asks been thinking uh that given the current events uh i might try travel nursing outside of the u.s i've heard new zealand will pay for room and board if you go for a year uh, well, while I understand both of your jobs are online, if you could hypothetically or hypothetically had to move anywhere for a year and just mm. try something different while maintaining job uh, stability, where would you go? And they want like one domestic and one foreign. So one, I guess, you know, somewhere in, uh, in Canada and then one foreign. Uh, I would go... For a whole year. Mm. Uh, in Canada, I would pick Montreal. Um, just because I love the city. It's busy. It's fun. Um, I take the opportunity to like, learn as much French as I could, too. And uh, uh, foreign-wise, like out of North America. Uh Uh, I'd probably do, uh, 
I would probably do England just because I feel like there it'd be a totally different experience. There's so much there and it still would kind of feel domesticated. Like I, I don't want to go to like Singapore or I don't think I could do Japan for a whole year. It'd be like such a culture shock. Um, I, I, I think that like going to England would be not only there'd be a lot of fun things to do and so much to see, and and it's it's near so much as well. You could take like a train or a small flight and go see so many different places uh, that I think it would fill up a year and travel and uh, experience many different things while still kind of feeling like I'm in a place that's familiar. Mm. Uh, I'd I'd probably go there. Uh domestic. Uh domestic i'd probably i would I, I feel like i just want to experience like i'm on one coast i feel like i just experienced the other coast so i'd go to vancouver somewhere or or yeah. bc not just vancouver specifically but yeah. somewhere in bc uh and experience the other coast um and see what that's like and then uh for foreign um i would i'm opposite of you i would want culture shock if i was going to go somewhere for a year but still have job stability and all that shit not to worry about anything like that I would kind of yeah. want culture shock because then it's like now I'm really experiencing something fucking different. I wouldn't want to yeah. have like basically the same thing. So I wouldn't be opposed to Singapore, Thailand, Japan, Korea, um, and, you know, some major city centers. It would, uh, that, that would be probably on my list uh, because you'd get you get to experience something that's totally different from the cultural perspective. Um, and I think the, the craziest part about a lot of those places is just how much cheaper food yeah. is yeah like like eating out here is like a fucking paycheck you go out there and, and it's like people people <laughs> may like working part-time jobs are eating out four times a week and it's not putting a massive dent in their fucking income because it's just there's so much competition that the mm. price drives the prices way down and the quality goes it has to also go up because again so much competition so yeah um yeah like it, it would it would likely be um it would likely be between Korea and Japan just because I actually have like friends or people who are in those places as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I, I would want the culture shock cause I would want, if I was going to go there and there was no, if there was no stability, then yeah, the way yeah. harder decision, obviously then it's like, okay, fuck, you know, I, I don't know the language that's going to be you know, a big, you know, big challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with job security, fuck it. Give me all the I shock. Mean, I mean, me. theoretically, we could move to Japan for a year and it wouldn't really affect us because we could no. work the same the same way yeah. that we do. It would be though the cost of moving would be the thing that would 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 fuck you, right? It'd be like you'd have to bring yeah. Yeah. Uh, a fair amount of gear with you to to make it work. I just buy, just rebuy it. I just rebuy yeah. my a uh, computer out there. I you yeah. know, you you spend ten Gs. You'd have everything you you need. Yeah, it, your whole business is up uh, up and running. You just need good internet, which yeah. you're not gonna have a problem in Japan. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. If it was three months, I'd have a different answer. If it was three months, I'd go to Japan. Done. Yeah. But a whole year? Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably die of mercury from the amount of sushi I'd be eating in Japan for a year. <laughs> By by month eight or nine, I'd Bro, be a literal walking mercury. I'd be, be like, living on sushi and fucking uh, ramen and soba uh, noodle and and just and fish oh, and veggie man. and just everything. Oh, be delicious. I'd be there be for de- it. It'd be delicious. Um, let's see. 
Uh, Kimmitz says, 2020 thus far has been a, uh, a year to learn a lot from, for example, lingering racism, pandemic response, fire in Australia, etc. Uh, will we truly learn anything and make any changes? Yes, in my opinion, we will. The, the, it's just that, like with almost any change, it is rare, historically, it's rare... For the I need change. the bathroom, so you just keep you keep yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. I'm gonna use the bathroom. Yeah. So, like any, like, like most changes, anyway, especially major cultural ones or even political ones, it takes uh, multiple years, like this year, for example, or multiple th- uh, of these uh, events, to get the complete change that most people would like to see. It's rare to get a complete version. Of the change you want to see, like like what's happening in the U.S. right now, is not going to result in the complete abolition of police violence and discrimination, um, and brutality. It's just not going to happen. But it will, it will result in a step in that direction, and uh, that's because anything like I said, culturally or politically, often takes generational time to get from point A to point B because too much of a change, and even if it seems like something that should be universally accepted, the reality is it's not always going to be that way, and it results in in lingering times to make things uh, actually take change. But... um. But yeah, I, I would I would say it's definitely going to to you know uh, uh, to result in in change. You'd think racism is one of those things where it goes where you, where where after major events um, have happened, you know people you know, there's some reform, uh, and then people think that we've mostly tackled it, and then day to day life continues. And unless you are in the midst of that of that continuing racism, no matter the, the volume of, or the scope of, or the severity of, um, you, it's harder to see. And so you can, and it gets even harder as time goes on. And we do make progress for the people who are separated from it. It gets even harder and harder to see. So, uh, that's a bit of an, uh, of a, of a hurdle to try and get over, uh, in regards to that for something like the fire fires in Australia and whatnot. Uh, that's more of a political thing where it's really just them spending the right bu- budgetary uh, or making the right budgetary decisions and having steps in place to, um, uh, to prevent that in the future or, or, um, uh, and, and be more prepared for that kind of stuff as it seems to be like, it's going to be a more, uh, a common thing. And when it's something like that that's uh, that tends to be that tends to happen a little faster. Um, I'm sure that will that will definitely uh, result in some major changes in Australia. This because these fires were just um, ravenous. Uh, what else was here? Uh, and then the pandemic uh, pandemic response. I mean, the pandemic response is definitely going to result in changes. Um, the the pandemic response has been. Why has, has varied wildly, and it, and it has exposed a lot in government weaknesses in multiple countries around the world and governmental strengths. So, 
you will see uh, as the world works together to come up with a solution to this and have best practices shared amongst countries as to how to best try to operate um, during the, the pandemic itself, you are going to see adoption of best practices in most places uh, and kind of like a, 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 like a, a by osmosis um, and, uh, and in the future, it, it, it should lead to a better response. The other thing in the States that everyone you know knows about now is that the previous administration left literally a playbook that was far more equipped than what was used by the current administration. Um, it might, it might not have been a complete guide, but it was certainly more well, uh, suited than what was enacted. And so it's not like that was an example of sometimes there might already be things in place, but depending on who's pressing the button to make that thing go forward, it still might not happen. Right. So, but this is a year that is definitely going to result in a lot of change in a lot of places, but the amount of change, um, in terms of the fullness, the completeness of what people would want to see happen will vary wildly based on country and, uh, and the situation at hand. But yeah, that's, that's it. So the, the, the sum it up, Jeff, for you, it was basically, I was saying, yes, it will result in change, but a lot of things, especially stuff like racism or political change takes generational time to complete that mm-hmm. even something as severe as what we're seeing now in the States is not going to result in the complete abolishment of no. uh, police brutality and, and discrimination. It will, it will result in a step in that direction, but it's not like it's, we're going to skip straight to the finish line and suddenly everything's no. going to be fine on the other, on the other side. I agree. Um, uh, Aaron Carter is back. AC in the house said a moment of silence for George Floyd and all other victims of racism. Absolutely. Any, uh, any advice on what we as a reg- regular individuals can do to make uh-huh. impact on getting rid? You knew this was going to come this week and uh, getting rid of systemic racism. Don't uh, be a brick. That's, that's it. Well, no, I think he means for people who aren't already there, like what, what you can do to make an impact on getting rid of systemic racism. Um, the I'm, only I'm, thing, the only thing I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll take, I'll take it for the team. I know you don't want to talk about it. I'll take one for the team on this one. So, so the, the thing about, about anything systemic, which immediately invokes, you know, political systems and things of that nature or corporate, you know, stuff, the, um, the reality is, is that the backing of that is also cultural, right? And that, that comes from uh, a whole bunch of different shit. And that's a very difficult thing to change. The, 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 the only saving grace in that regard is that you can vote people out. The challenge that happens in a lot of places, not just the U S but in a lot of other countries is that there are a lot of positions in government that go up for vote that people don't even know they can vote for. They don't even know it exists. They just assume that they can only vote for like in Canada. It's like you can vote for, you know, vote for the provincial and vote for the federal. And then that's the, the fucking show. And they don't know that there's other steps or in the States. It's very similar, you know, seats, uh, that are, are, are up for vote in many places for many different branches of government. 
and it's because partially it's not advertised and it's not advertised because the people that have those jobs if nobody's out there really voting hard they get to sit on them for a really fucking long time and that's how you end up with with uh situations where where perhaps uh less than ideal policy is in place for extraordinary periods of time so um the only way that the the best it's not the only way but the best the best way if you're really interested in trying to help that the racist part is that's a cultural thing and that's going to all you can do with that is lead by example full stop and 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 make people accountable when you can so if you have friends or family or whatever hold them accountable to some form of standard and lead by example that's all you can do. And unfortunately, the more violent that people become in those situations, the more reason that the other side will just look at it and ignore it because then they go, look, you're the, you're the monster that we said you are. And so you lead by example and that's it. But from a political standpoint, to help end systemic issues of racism and otherwise, all you can do is become as educated as you can on your political uh, system within your country and vote for as many levels of government as you have the ability to within your situation and do your research on people and do your your due diligence and make the best educated decision you can to put people or help put people in place that will help reduce the systemic issues at hand. And that's really all you can do. If not, then stuff can continue to perpetuate and, uh, you know, it, and it can take longer than it needs to at that point in time. Uh, and that's, uh, and that's my Ted talk. There you go. Um, sorry. Oh, Adrian asked, sorry if this has been asked and answered before, but what camera setups do you guys use? We're just both using C920s or C922. One or the other, depending. I've got both. One's, one's being shown to Jeff. One's being shown to you guys. It's the only webcam anyone should buy. Any other webcam, you're wasting your time and money on it. Just don't hate me if you hate the drivers because Logitech hasn't updated them in a way that would be useful in fucking decades uh, but you don't need a 4k webcam. If you're live no. streaming your webcam, even if it's as big as it is here, this, this square that I'm in here, this, this, this glass case of emotion that I'm in right now, this is less than 1080p. The webcam outputs 1080p. Nobody needs to see your ass moving at 60 FPS, even if it has the capability because they're watching the fucking game. And if you are doing a talk show or something, they still don't need to see you at 60 FPS. So you get a good high resolution camera that's reasonable and relatively low light, but as long as you have decent lighting in the room, this is low light in here right now, and this looks perfectly fucking fine for our purposes. And if you yep. want, Elgato got you hooked up with that light, the key mm-hmm. light, you mm-hmm. can get one. But just grab a fucking webcam. Don't be that guy that start goes out and they're just starting streaming. And they're only using a webcam that's like fucking 180 by 90 pixels on screen. And they have a a, a fucking $5,000 mirrorless Sony camera with a $3,000 fucking pancake 50 mil lens on it to get crazy creamy bokeh and everything. So they look like they're in the middle of a fucking HD porn shoot every time they go to full screen on the webcam. No. Just a fucking godforsaken C920. That's it. That's all Jeff's using. That's all I'm using. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the dream. Uh, 
Cryptic Cyanide says, if HBO's Chernobyl was a series with a new disaster every season, what event would you like to see covered other than Chernobyl? I'm trying to think of, like, other crazy events like Chernobyl that that are so shrouded in fucking mystery that I'd want to see a series on it. Um, Space AIDS. I, just wait a while. Oh, we, we're going to get, we're going to get some, we're going to well, get we already know there's a movie coming. Like, or next year. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's tough. I'm sure there are, but it'd be one of those things where somebody would have to tell me the thing and I'd go, fuck, yes, I would like more of, I would like to know more about that. Make an HBO fucking series on it. But, uh, I, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, super commie guru asks, what game has the best soundtrack, Jeff? Best soundtrack? Mm. Man, I I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say Halo. It's not a bad choice. It's not a bad I'm choice. Say, I'm just gonna say the Halo theme song, man. It's it's pretty fucking fire. Uh Uh, Morrowind, even though there's only about three songs, uh, but I think, I think that it's, uh, uh, I think that it speaks volumes that Morrowind's, um, main theme was used as retooled for the main themes for the next two fucking installments of Elder Scrolls. And I suspect the next one will probably also still use the underlying theme of Morrowind. Uh, but... The next one is Jet Set Radio Future. I mean, just the whole fucking, the whole, the music. No, I can't think of a game that's ever had a soundtrack that's both good on its own, but matched a game better than Jet Set Radio. You know, in Halo, it was like you brought, you bring in like Marty O'Donnell, I think it was, whoever did it. I can't think of who did it. No, Marty O'Donnell, somebody. Anyway. And it's like, it's like orchestral, like it's like a movie soundtrack, right? Whereas Jet Set Radio was, um, was more like the soundtrack, the soundtrack was done with like a bajillion different genres and takes, um, and it all matched the game perfectly. So, was it Marty? Yeah, okay. So, that's why yeah, I would say... Or, or it's it's Final Fantasy VII. I mean, they, there you the, go. The, music, the music in Final Fantasy VII is, is incredible. Um, eight nine ten asks, "What movie or what's a movie that you never get tired of watching?" And other, I'm going to say for you, other than the Goofy movie, which you have watched once a day daily for the last four months, do you have any others that I never get tired of watching? Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of what movie I would wa- that I kind of watch. I mean, Home Alone too. Okay, I never get tired of that. Ever. Shanghai Noon. Uh, as well as um, fuck. What's Jackie's other one that they're making a new movie of here? I can uh, Rush, Hour. Rush Hour. So Rush Hour, Shanghai Noon, Gone in sixty seconds are probably oh, the the God. three that I can watch over and over again. 
and it never bothers me. Oh, also my, uh, I can also watch, um, I can also watch, uh, Goodwill Hunting pretty much every day of my life and I will never get tired of that movie. But that's a heavy movie, so you gotta be in the right headspace. I don't get tired of watching it, but, you know, shit gets heavy, uh, at times. Um, almost down to her here. Let's see. Zen, uh, Zen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this name up. I'm just gonna call you Zen. Zen asks, which game has the most interesting boss fights? Boshy. <laughs> that's definitely... They 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 definitely don't don't lack variety, for sure. Yeah. Uh man, Dark Souls or Dark Souls three? One of those two. Um, yeah, Dark Souls three was uh, had some good boss fights. Yeah, um, Dark Souls three only had one or two bosses that that uh, that uh, that were like super standouts to me. Dark Souls 1 had had quite a number, but those fucking, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and another good one, yeah, Hallie's got a good one there, a uh, good one there, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, is mm. another good choice for that. The whole game is boss fights. Yeah. I will say Shadow of Colossus, it, it starts to get a little repetitive, like, it, there, there's, there's bosses, quite a few bosses that sort of feel... Yeah, the same, but they're different. Um, but I do agree. I mean, I will say in terms of the first like two, three bosses you fight in Shadow of Colossus, it's a it's a massive wow factor. It's like, whoa, yeah, Yeah. especially that first one because you get to the top of the hill. You've only just learned how to fucking climb something. You take three steps forward. This dude walks around the corner and he's so big that he's out of the frame. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck. And yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a wild moment. Uh, and the last one, Mr. Black, I'm just going to refresh, make sure that's the case. It looks like it is. Yep. Uh, oh, no, we might have one other. Uh, it depends on how fast we answer this one. Who is the biggest famous slash famous person that you were shocked to discover knew who you were? A tasteless and artosis. Uh, f- within the community. Outside of that, um, what's his name from, um, Sean? No, not Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Sean Ashmore. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'd probably go, I'd probably go with Sean Ashmore. Yeah, it's probably the, the. It's the one that the most people would know who the fuck that is, anyway. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I can't, I couldn't remember his name off the top of my uh, off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, um, it's not like I know the guy personally. It's just that we, no. Uh, we, well, he's been a fan of Leg TV for yeah. a while. He used to watch a lot of When She's Fails and shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. The first, the first one though for for me was when we got to see Tasteless and Artosis because at that point in our career, Tasteless and Artosis were basically, especially yeah. within the Asa, StarCraft community, they were like Asa uh, Butterfield. Also, uh, oh, that's true. That's true. He's yeah, he's watched quite a bit, and yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I've talked to him a few times yeah. uh, via Twitter. Uh, he's the star of uh, Sex Education. He's a cool dude. Uh, Ender, Ender's Game. Mm. Uh, yeah, he he loves video games and shit too. So he's, he's big been in, in my the fighting th- game community. Times, yeah. Um, shout out to Sex Education, by the way, for being a fire show. It's a good show. Um, uh, last one. Forlorn asks, it's over 9,000. What is something you experienced, be in a game, a show, or real life, that started off like it seemed important, but eventually just became entirely pointless? Much like Goku's power level being over 9,000, becoming completely pointless because he got... We still haven't found Goku's peak, boys. We still haven't. He's still going up. So what's what's something that you discovered either in a show or a game or real life that started off seeming like it was important but then turned out to be entirely pointless? Jeez, I don't even know how to answer that. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Um. Something you discovered. I don't know. Important. Luke Skywalker. Time. Uh, yeah, oh, 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 bro, ow, ouch, I mean, but true, but ouch, uh, fuck, (laughs) the TV show Lost, that it, that show is basically, uh, yeah, that, that shit was crazy, that was, by the end of it, you're like, why, why, it was all for nothing. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, like almost any, almost anything that I have, uh, like any skill set or anything, yeah, like Hoppy was saying, any skill set you reach, it seems so important and everything uh, as you're, tr- like, as you're climbing to attain that, that skill set. And then once you get it and you're using it in practice, you're like, well, this isn't nearly, <laughs> this isn't nearly mm-hmm. as as uh as monumental as i thought it was um yeah no that's that's uh, that's hard the over 9000 thing is is very fucking that's a good one that's a very accurate uh for sure you know it seemed at the time it was going to be super poor oh finn i think finn is an even bigger one than fucking uh luke to be honest with you the first movie, Finn seemed like he was going to be some sort of pivotal major fucking character that was inevitably going to become some sort of like non-force sensitive or force sensitive off brand of a of a of a Jedi, and then he turned into somebody that you could have almost entirely removed from the story and yeah. have no impact. Yeah. Yeah. Along with Rose. But Along Finn, Finn, way more than Rose, though. Finn, Finn was literally a pivotal in the first fucking. We thought he was going places. Nah, he peaked at at seven. <laughs> he peaked at seven, and then it was the the downfall. Yeah, and it's gone. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. We managed to string together an almost two-hour podcast from another thin week of content. Boom. 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 Hopefully, uh, it gave you guys just a small break uh, from the chaos. And if you're about to dip your toes back into that chaos, as many people should, uh, then uh, good luck. Be safe. 
And for God's sake, be smart about it. We'll see you guys next week for another technical, uh, technical alpha podcast. I almost got through the rest of the podcast speaking English, but now here I am at the end. I need food, I think. I, think I do too. I'm getting pretty hungry. I think, I think that's where I'm at right now. So I can let's, smell barbecue. So yeah. Oh, dude, we're barbecuing here too. I got potato salad, burgers, uh, and hot dogs upstairs uh, right now. Oh, well, I got steaks, but I'll take that. Oh, too. shit. Oh, sta- oh I'd fuck with a steak right now. Steaks too. and corn on the cob. Oh, fuck. That's the other combo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go get our get our food on. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for stopping by so much. We really appreciate it, guys. And once again, stay safe out there. Take care of each other. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.